Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for January 15th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Mangi. On this week's show, we'll discuss what's in the news, including the story that might spell big trouble for SeaWorld. In our ongoing store tour series, Julie Martin takes us on a shopping excursion to Germany in Epcot. And in our Trip Planning 101 segment, we'll discuss the ins and outs of booking a Disney cruise vacation. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. So we have a few um, a few housekeeping things we need to talk about. Uh, first, I've been uh, promising you guys that I was going to come up with a creative way to uh, give away a, a review a restaurant with Kevin as a prize. And so uh, I've come up with something I think is pretty creative as Kevin moves his uh, microphone around trying to escape from the room. Um, Sorry. What I'd like to do is uh, if you're interested in, in, in winning a chance to review a restaurant with Kevin, we want you to go ahead and send us your best dining review. Um, think about a, a, a Disney restaurant you recently ate at. Write up a review for us. And if you haven't been to a Disney restaurant recently, go to Friday's or Bennigan's or any place. We just want to see a review. And uh, obviously, the more creative, the more distinctive, the more unusual, the more likely we are to pay attention to it. So certainly bring your most creative uh, uh, pen to the, uh, to the review. <laughs> and uh, Kevin will select the three reviews he likes the most. And then I will go ahead and select the winner from those three. Can I interject? Sure. You don't have to recreate my review. I, you don't have to use my no. style. And you don't have to even agree with him. You could have a completely different re, uh, opinion on one of his reviews. Can you do um, more than one? No. Okay. No, you can only do one. Okay, I'm just asking and, the question that will be And you're disqualified. Asked. And you can, yeah, Bob, you get to do it with him all the time. Well, that was You get expression. to go out to dinner with me anytime you uh, want. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, can we clarify? <laughs> <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter, woman. I'm sorry. Um, oh boy! Thank you for the visual. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for that, Julie. Uh, ooh, she's funny today. She was funny last week. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was. She was on fire last week. She was hot last week. Um, so uh, yeah, just send we would send a review in to podcast at wdwinfo.com. Like I said, it can be a Disney restaurant. It could be something more more local. Uh, we wanted to see how you uh, how you write. Be honest about your reviews. Don't make up good stuff to say or bad stuff to say. Just go in and give an honest review to something. Let's see how you write it. How long do they have? Um, till I get tired of reading them. <laughs> <laughs> no, the at least I, it's going to be at least it'll be at least a couple of weeks. The reason well, I ask is people can take their time and and do it. You know, don't rush it. You know, give it your best shot. Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm at least going to want to run this for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks to. Okay. Get in as many submissions as we can and give as many people a chance to uh, have dinner with the wonderful Kevin Close. Uh-huh. Close Encounters. I, okay. <laughs> length, of, length of the review, is that a, too much, too little? Sometimes Sub- too much is too much. Well, you know what? If it's too much, you won't get picked. Okay, yeah. it's not a college course, so yeah. no 15-page essays, please. I don't want to put uh, – we're not going to put all sorts of restrictions. Right. I don't even want people to do something creative. Yeah. So right. go sure ahead and write your review. Don't worry about length. Don't worry about spelling or grammar or anything like that. Um, if we publish it on the site, we'll make sure we clean it up before we do. 
<laughs> and um, always be honest. Always be honest. Always be honest. So that's uh, that's one prize. And uh, now on to the photo contest that we're running. And uh, that's been, we've been getting tons of photos uploaded. I think we've had about six or 700 photos last time I looked. Last I checked, like we were over 650. So uh, getting a lot of photos uploaded. Now what we're going to do, I hadn't announced what the prizes were, so I'll announce them now. For the winner, the best picture in each category that we have, uh, the winner in each one of those categories will get a $100 give, uh, Disney gift certificate. And then the overall prize winner will win a uh, four-night cruise on the podcast cruise on May 10th, 2009. So that's where we're going to give away one of those. John has decided that uh, he wants to give away another one today, actually. I do. Um, we have actually, gives away before John, stuff. But before John does that, I just want to say that we have we've reserved a certain number of staterooms. We've held a certain number of staterooms. Uh, specifically to give away throughout the year. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities, trust me. Um, I mean, not like dozens of them, but you'll, you'll, have, you'll have plenty of chances. We'll come up with cool ways to give them away. But uh, John, uh, John felt strongly about uh, giving another one, giving one away today. Oh, you get to give away all the good stuff. I wanted to give yeah, something away. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, not only give one away, but sort of reward someone. Um, the very first person to put in a uh, quote request from Dreams Unlimited Travel for our podcast cruise also was the first person to pay their deposit. They really want to go. Mm. And I think that person should be rewarded. I think their enthusiasm should be recognized. And that is Daryl Cheney. And they're from Birmingham, Alabama. So, Daryl, we are paying for your cruise. Wow. For your podcast Sweet. cruise. Very nice. I'm very excited about that. We'll get. In, I'll get in touch with you, and we'll get you all the specifics of how that's going to work out. But we're very glad you're joining us. We're very happy to have you with us. We're going to have a great time, and you're going for free. Ooh. I love it when they don't know about these. Gosh, yeah. I hope he's not driving. <laughs> he's going to drive off the road. Or are you using a treadmill? No. <laughs> no, come on. you got to admit, the, the best part of our job is being able to do stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um. There are uh, lots I, of good parts to my job. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah, really. for me. For me in particular, that that's something I really, I really enjoy. I really enjoy giving away stuff like that. And I like giving away as like a surprise. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So you see, folks, the early bird in this case got the cruise. So um, always keep that in mind. You never know. You never know when we'll. Might there be other chances for us to blindside them? Oh, of course. <laughs> I think we're going to make it our mission to blindside people all year right. with, with cruises. So. Um, we're really excited. I, actually, I was really impressed with the number of requests and bookings that have been coming in for the cruise. It looks like we're going to have uh, – it's off to a nice start. Let me put it to you that way. So be very interested to see uh, how many of you are able to join us. It's going to be May 10th, for those who don't know about it. May 10th, 2009, four-night cruise. We are as – the, as the year progresses, we're going to be uh, releasing more details about things we're going to be doing. And we're going to do all sorts of cool stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun planning this, so. And I just want to make sure I mention clearly, you have to book through Dreams Unlimited Travel to be eligible to participate in any of the podcast events that we'll be holding and also to be eligible for any giveaways or prizes. So that's the deal. We're sticking to it. It's fair enough. I can't believe anybody found it unfair, frankly. It kind of blows my mind that somebody found that uh, difficult to comprehend, but... I Dreams Unlimited is paying for these parties, folks. We're not looking to make any money off right. this, but I would like to not have to spend any money if I can help it either. So, 
um, that's plus that's you're just getting a group rate and an onboard credit and free parties. Yeah. So there's it's not like we're uh, not go ripping somebody. Yeah, we're not being deceptive. But don't get me started on that. <laughs> so uh, we got that out of the way. We talked about the podcast. Oh, we have some more winners to announce. We haven't got numbers from them yet. But uh, I asked Corey before the show to pick three names from our mailing list at random. So, uh, Annette. <laughs> Go ahead and try it. Uh, Konachek. <laughs> I think it would be Annette Konachek. Okay. And uh, Tanya Potts. And Matthew Flannery, you are all going to be getting emails asking you to pick a number and a shot at what's in the prize envelopes. Pick a number 1 through 30, and whatever's inside the envelope you get. It could be anything from gift certificates to iPods to dinners with Kevin to... I'm still a prize? You'll always be a prize, Kevin. You'll always be a prize. A a major award. Do you come in a big box marked Fragile? This this episode, (laughs) Fragile, Fragile. He's from Italy. Um, Italian. (laughs) You'll always be a prize. (laughs) And uh, actually, I think this this will be the show where we've. I think we've never given away so much in one show as we just did right now, and we got one more. Uh, oh, for the little boy who speed, traveled already? Speed racer. Speed racer. Sea racer. Sea racer. She posted on the board that Bob read his, the email, and he actually had gone, after we, he sent the email, he traveled a couple days after that. So <laughs> the fact that we answered his email seven months later, he's now graduated from school. Yeah, but you know what? You know what, you know what makes up for that? An iPod Touch. Wow. So that's what he won. That was what, what was Holy in envelope smoke, number man. five. So what a big day that, that day. is. A, yeah, and, that's an, uh, this has been a very expensive show. I was just going to say, <laughs> uh, another... Um, this is the end of the old, show, folks. We're all going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> another old saying, good things come to those who wait. Apparently, yep. I think he may be fighting his mother for this prize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. so it wasn't so bad that I waited this long for her or well, him. Not for him. For him, not for good. him. No, that worked out pretty good. That worked out pretty good. That's the way I planned it. You're so glad you're a slacker, touch. Bob. <laughs> I, I have more emails in my cubby hole from 2002. <laughs> you have to get rid of those. You're not allowed to answer anyone anyone from 2007. Why? <laughs> <laughs> if it's a good one, I can. It's the podcast. Not if it's from July. Okay, Bob. Oh, they right. need to be from December. Right. Well, maybe we'll see. So, if you want to, uh, if you want to get on, get get in on the action, we're going to be giving away prizes all month. You can uh, go ahead and sign up for our mailing list at uh, podcast.wdwinfo.com. You'll find a link there to sign up for our mailing list. If you send in an email or a voicemail uh, that we end up uh, reading or playing on the show, you get a Diz uh, Unplugged T-shirt and a shot once a month at uh, picking an envelope. We take a winner at random from everybody who sends in an email and give them a shot at winning a prize just like the one I gave away a few seconds ago. So we've been recording for a couple of minutes and we've given away a cruise and an iPod Touch. Yeah. And three potential winners. And three more potential winners. And the possibility of having dinner with you. And we announced, you. and we announced, you got right, the potential of having dinner with you and what the prizes were for the photo contest. This is so, making me dizzy. I, well, I said, <laughs> I, I was saying all through December that it was going to be a big prize month and... Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just enjoying the whole prize thing. So. That's good. It's lots of fun. You're happy. 
I'm happy. Happy boss. I'm happy. You're boss. happy. You're the Oprah of podcasts. <laughs> I am. Everybody, you get a car. And everybody, check car. under your seats. <laughs> that would be a trick. All right. With all that, uh, with all that prize giving out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with the news. Our number three story: There are no bugs in your bed. Here's five thousand dollars. Have a magical day. Uh, the Orange County Department of Health has reported an increase in bed bug complaints for area hotels, apartments, and homes. The Department of Health is saying that they have been seeing more complaints of bed bugs in our area over the last year. The department has placed the blame, I love this, on the ban of certain pesticides and cleaning agents. I can understand that. The unseasonably warm winter. I can understand that. And international visitors. <laughs> you dirty, so, dirty international uh, Apparently the unwashed masses from Europe are bringing bugs. Now, who was it that I'm insulted sorry, but them? I've seen some pretty dirty Americans. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so have Actually, I. Actually, bedbugs are a cyclical thing. These are uh, happened many years ago, and they thought they had eradicated them, and they just were dormant. This right. is not even really have anything to do with dirt. I yeah. mean, they can travel in... Anywhere, exactly. Right. Exactly. I just thought, you know, I mean, like I said... Pe- uh, the, a ban on certain pesticides, I can understand. Uh, unse- unseasonably warm weather, I can understand. But <laughs> international visitors? Yeah, that's just crazy. Um, Why were the bed bugs speaking French? Yeah, really, you know? <laughs> oh. Uh, now, one family. C.C., monsieur. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was Bob's Spanish slash French. Not, okay, if this does not keep the French people out of Orlando, nothing's going. That was that is what we call Franish. <laughs> C.C. I think she was a stripper from the 20s. That's not right. Oh, my Lord God. I'm going to apologize now. Again, I have to apologize to the French. It's the second podcast this month I've had to apologize to French people. I I only insulted French that time? Oh, now... One family does claim to have been bitten by bed bugs while staying at Disney's All-Star Movie Resorts. It is reported that in exchange for not discussing the matter, they were given $5,000 and a free trip. That didn't apparently work out so well. Uh, while not confirming the incident, Disney stated that they do their utmost to provide for their guests comfort and on some occasions will compensate them if their visit does not meet company standards. Disney does have entomologists on their staff to monitor Hotel conditions. I just think it's funny that they have to hire like entomologists, you know, to come in and be aware, like you know, the bed. I mean, it, they yeah, should. They have to. But well, I mean, it's just you have the bed bug. I just want you to know that I'll not people. talk about anything you want for five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, it's obviously Disney doesn't want. To, I mean, I don't think there's a, a a real problem right now at Disney hotels. I haven't heard anything other than mm-hmm. the story. That there's some kind of epidemic or and of bed would, bugs at, at there the is other cities. I mean, this is it, it's, it's, oh, it's all over the place. Right. I mean, hotels. There were there was a hotel in uh, Anaheim, just outside of Disneyland, that got uh, uh, had a, a real bad problem with that last year. There was a report, I think we had a, we had a report on the news about that. The other, problem, the other problem with bed bugs, excuse me, is that um, they can be dormant for years. They can not eat for years, and they can live in the mattress. So. They're really, really hard to get rid of. You have to get rid of everything. And if anyone is nervous, 
the thing the thing they tell you to do is pull the corner of the sheet up and where the welting is along the top of the mattress where the seam is that holds the top to the side push that back and if there's little brown specks in there or you see anything moving that's the truest sign of finding them that's the way to check so if you're going into a hotel pull the corner of your sheet up and just look at the welting on the mattress pull it back a little bit and you'll be able to tell whether there's anything there or not i get a picture of one of those bed bugs with sunglasses just laying in the Kind of hanging out. Was that CC? CC. Who's <laughs> sure? All right, our number, our number two story is Corey cracks up. <laughs> you do know the word C is not French, right? You should be saying wee oui, wee. Oui. No, I CC. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not French. So I, I, I oh, swear. Okay. Wee wee. Make sure. All right. Our number two story this week, Dolly Parton stampedes out of Orlando. <laughs> yeah. I saw her. She was running right down I-4. <laughs> All her Christmas decorations. In her wagon. <laughs> With the, what the began, dollar bills running out. What began as a week-long closure for refurbishment has now become a permanent shutdown of Orlando's Dixie Stampede. The Dolly Parton Dinner Theater opened in 2003 and featured Civil War soldiers, horses, and animals performing as guests enjoyed, quote, down-home uh, dining. I think enjoyed should have been in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Officials denied that the property was for sale, uh, despite recent rumors to the contrary, and the sudden closure caught all 162 of their employees off guard. But according to reports, they are paying them two months, two months of severance pay. Well, they should be. And uh, they had no idea. None of the employees had That's, any idea this was coming. I feel worse for the employees than anything. They're all knocking on like Arabian Nights door. Yeah, the real time. I, I went down I four and I never saw a Christmas tree come down so fast. She took that with them too. <laughs> she was dragging that they, behind. They her. had that. They had that thing down and unassembled a couple of days after it's Christmas. Only been up since August. Yeah, I know. And it was. A, it was a, apparently. Yeah, they, they wanted the sale to be very quiet. The, the buyers and. Um, uh, who bought it? It was either Prime One. Prime, Prime one. one. It was Prime One. The premium um, outlets, right? Yeah. No, there's Prime mm, One. Prime. Used to be Bell's. Right. And then there's Premium. Oh, I thought it was. This, I thought it was the same owner. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same owner. It wasn't the guy from that Premium Outlets. Premium, the one that's at right there by. Yeah, I think it's Premium. The it's whoever's next door. It to makes the sense. That's yeah. Premium. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's Premium. A uh, Prime One used it's, to be what, used to be Bell's. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's different. That's not the same owner. That's not the same owner. No. no, the one that has the one right there is the owner. Uh, premium Outlets by far, the best outlets in Orlando. Hands Have down. you been over to the Prime since they've been yeah, redoing them? I've I've never liked the area. Oh well. Well, I haven't been there since like they it. tore it down and redid it. It's re- it looks really nice. I've I been mean, over there, but it, I really enjoy out. it. They I don't have a lot like, of different stores. I don't like change. <laughs> what do you know about shopping, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, outlet mall by Dolly Parton that has one of the highest uh, square footage uh, per. Dollar per square foot. It's like nine hundred and something dollars a square foot that they get back in return for mm-hmm. sales. So that's why you needed more room. Well, it's uh, uh, it's my favorite place to go shopping. Yeah, I was just in the Florida Mall over the weekend. Here's a tip: don't, don't go to go. the Florida Mall. Go to Millennia if you're going to go. If to you're going to go to any mall in this area, go to Millennia or just go to the pri- uh, the premium outlets. It's so close too. Florida Mall is just. I've just watched it go downhill over the last ten years. It's really sad. It's really sad. It used to be a nice mall. It used to be a nice mall, and not anymore. So that's. Uh, but yep, Dolly Parton's. See you later, Dolly, Dolly. Parton's gone. Goodbye. And Dolly. I never made it to the show. Oh darn! Yeah. I don't think any of us. 
<laughs> they they say no they, interest. Huh? I refute. Walter yeah. Walter went to see it. They say they they may come back, and it's like if she comes back, I ain't going. No. Not what she did to all those people. Oh, Bob, Bob's gonna be like the Norma Ray of <laughs> Union. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> Out there picking it all by himself <laughs> with cat cam. <laughs> I can hear Dolly Parton crying in the background. All right, our number one story, Mommy, my water tastes funny. <laughs> SeaWorld has an ongoing problem with salt water leakage, and at least one local news agency is saying that it could force the closure of SeaWorld's Discovery Cove if the issue isn't fixed soon. Florida State Department of Environmental Protection reports that they have been monitoring the theme park since 2000, and there is growing concern that the salt water could reach an aquifer and contaminate the local drinking water. Unlike Disney, SeaWorld is located in a residential area of Orlando, and they're already unpopular with the local residents who, wasn't, who aren't very happy to see Aquatica being built, the new uh, water park that they're getting ready to open in March. Uh, and this news has residents very, very angry. Uh, the EPA says that they're looking at the groundwater standards right now, and if salt water from the park has gone below acceptable limits, that would constitute a violation of EPA standards. SeaWorld is cooperating with the agency in determining the extent of the problem, and upon review of the additional data, the state will advise what corrective action is is needed. That could be, I mean, that could be huge if they were forced. I mean, it's not likely, but if they were forced to close Discovery Cove or something like that, that would be that would be extraordinary. But they, yeah. if if it's getting into the groundwater, they're going to have to do something. And I don't know what the fix would be for that. It's probably going to be tremendously expensive. Yep. Like, yeah. if, they, if they can even find where it's coming from. Yeah. I mean, imagine all the pipes and things that are under that place. I'd yeah. say they'd have to install some kind of system that would pump water at a certain level out and just keep pulling it out. Oh, man, that's why we did it when we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, – and well, I, I'm gonna tell, we're going to talk about this later when I do my uh, top ten things, but uh, availability at Discovery Cove through the year is like you could pretty much whenever you want. They had very, very few dates that were were sold out. I was really surprised. I would have thought more – I know it's not filling up, but I thought that more would have been. It's would a boutique-type destination, though. You know, it's it's pretty. No, it's, it's one of the reasons. Expensive. It's one of the reasons I put it on the list, but yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. So, um, and just before we close the news, I just did want to mention that Brazilian runner Basto Basto wins uh, his fourth Walt Disney World marathon yesterday. He only has one name, like Cher. He's stealing. My, <laughs> he's stealing my rapid fire. Basto. That's his name. Ever uh, since I've been reading that, that's all I've been doing around the house by myself. Basto. <laughs> yeah, Adriano Bastro from. Sa- oh, he does have two names. Sao Paulo. Adriano Basto raced to his fourth straight victory in the Walt Disney World Marathon yesterday, coming in at two hours twenty minutes fifty six seconds, and John Garton of Voorhees, New Jersey, was second. With a time of two minutes, two hours, thirty-five minutes, and two seconds. That's averaging five minutes and forty-two That's seconds. Just incredible. How old do we know? Do we know how old the winner was? The guy who actually won. Twenty-nine. Wow. Well, that's part of my rapid fire. Not anymore. In the uh, women's race, Melanie Peters from Saint Petersburg, Florida, won with a time of two hours, forty-seven minutes, twenty-nine seconds, and nearly thirteen thousand people participated in the marathon. We no. were at Downtown no. Disney last no. night. 18, was over 18,000. Was it over 18,000? 18,000. They set a new record. It was 18,000. There was 13, just about 13,000. Finished the race. Yeah, 13,000. Uh, we were at Downtown Disney the, the night of the marathon, and 
it's cool because you see a lot of people there with the shirts on and what they get medallions just for finishing and they're giant, giant medallions. They're like hubcaps. They're huge. <laughs> Flavor Flav. And I thought to myself, could you imagine going to downtown Disney like the night after you've run that marathon and then some poor woman sort of hobbled past us <laughs> and it was like, you could just tell she was hurting big time. I felt bad for like. her. But well, the one you got just for finishing was this square one. Yeah, there's... This well, is very other, it depends on which race. Listening. It depends on which race you you ran because there was the half marathon, you had the five k race, and then they had a kids race. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pete summed it up in a sentence. It was great. We got the points. Everything was good. Now we're getting still the details. Doing my rapid yeah. Fire. Well, we have we have some uh, other yeah. stuff. We got to move on. So we got a lot. In this have you ever show. stole anybody else's rapid fire? No. I was about to say payback is a you know what. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, all right, that will do it for the news this week, folks. We are going to move on to the aforementioned rapid fire. I'll go, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's very exciting this week. Are you ready? The locker rental refundable deposit has gone from $2 to $5. No. I, I, I know. Calm down. That's still a bargain as, as a place to keep your kids. <laughs> really? All right. If you thought Bob's stuff was kind of slow, uh, locker rentals are $7 a day plus a $5 key deposit, which is refunded when the key is returned. Small lockers are $5 a day plus the $5 key deposit. Keys <sighs> must be returned within an hour of the park closing, and uh, they can be opened and closed as often as you like. There are... Lockers everywhere. (laughs) Well, that sums it up. Here's the thing. If you rent a locker in one park and you want to go to the other park, when you return the key and get your $5 deposit back, you ask for a receipt. When you get to the next park, your receipt will get you. You won't have to pay another $5, and you've already paid for your locker. You can use a locker in another park. There are lockers in each of the parks. There are lockers in the... Water parks. Water parks. And the thing that surprised me that I didn't know was that there are locked, excuse me, luggage lockers at Epcot and the Ticket and Transportation Center. So if something happens that you get to the park before your uh, hotel is ready, there are lockers that will hold your luggage. And I, did, I thought that was cool. I didn't know that. No, it is cool. When I worked at Blizzard, people would lose their locker keys all the time. So at the end of the day, I would have like a pocket full of like these locker keys that people lost. And I would always go up to little kids and, and give, it, give, give them a locker key and say, go return this. And they, they'd get money. they get money back. The parents were all happy. Now the it's kids like five are happy. bucks. Yeah, I'm going to go do that for my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought the most interesting thing, I th- you know, the other stuff was kind of frivolous, but it's news. But I think the thing about storing, people are always asking, what do I do with my luggage if I want to go to the Magic Kingdom? Before my hotel room is ready. Well, there are lockers at the Ticket and Transportation Center. It's cool. Do not put your children in them. (laughs) (laughs) You got cards and letters last week, didn't you? No. I don't want the cards and letters. No. I want the restaurant refuse. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. Corey. I have the the list of concerts for Mardi Gras at Universal Studios. February 2nd, Brett Michaels of Poison. Without Poison. Without Poison. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, February 9th, the Go Go's. They got the beat. The 16th. I wonder if Sarah it's, Evans. I wonder if Belinda's going to. Oh, what else has she, she got better? to do? Well, not necessarily. She wasn't. She, she doesn't always tour with them. I know, but recently they all got back together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. These bands that break up and get back together. Um, Third Eye Blind on the 22nd, March 1st. Gretchen Wilson we got two country singers this year: Sarah Evans and Gretchen Wilson. Uh, March 8th. That explains Smoke. why I've never heard of either one. <laughs> Smokey Robinson. 
February 15th. I mean, okay. Jan- I'm sorry, March 15th, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. I really want to see we'll that. We'll go see them. Um, the 22nd, Cool in the Gang. March 29th, Heart, again. I think we saw We've them. seen Heart. Uh, the 4th, April 5th is uh, still to be announced. April 12th, LL Cool J. We've seen again. him. He, He's good. He's he really good. good. And then April 19th is still to be announced, but we'll... We'll let y'all know when they come out. Also, Regina wanted me to to mention that Jelly Rolls is closed from January 15th to the 21st for refurbishment. This 24th. Is the, did I say 21st? Mm-hmm. This is the second time in two months that they've closed. I don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Must be waxing their That's pianos That's where the water from Sea Wild is coming in. Waxing the pianos. <laughs> no. And also, you tune pianos, baby. <laughs> and also, rocking. have you seen how Nancy and fingerprinted those pianos are? <laughs> Uh, the Rock and Roll Beach Club at Pleasure Island is closing on February 3rd. No news what's going to be replacing it, though. No, so it's closing for good. Yeah. It's a shame, but, you know, it's always dead in there. Mm-hmm. It's like just the DJ and the bartender. I think I've walked in. <laughs> yeah, I think, I've, I think I've walked into that place like two or three times. I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. do, do you want to dance? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Martin. Mrs. Martin. Mine has to do with food allergies and Disney dining. I get a lot of uh, questions about what people should do if their child or husband or whoever is allergic to certain types of food. Well, all of your Disney table service restaurants, which accept reservations, can accommodate dietary needs when advised 72 hours. That would be three days. In advance. Really? Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for clarifying that. I was I trying know. to do the math Some in my head. Some people cannot divide. I, don't I know. was trying to do the math in my head. Just save me the trouble. I'm sorry. You, you can ahead. either call 407-WDW-DINE and request that your allergies be noted on your reservation. Or you can call any of the special diet lines for the four theme parks, you know, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. And you can give them the information that they need. Um, Monday through Friday between 9 and 4 p.m. They also have email addresses. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. I think Wonder that'll here. help some people out. Very cool. I yeah. would still rec- re- uh, recommend that. You speak if, to the chef. Right. Even yeah. if you've met, put that on your dining reservation. And I always tell people that, but I wanted people to know they can also make this note. Okay. No, you want to hear something cool? Sure. Somebody just uh, booked a podcast cruise while, we, <laughs> while Miss Julie was talking. Wow. Um, That'd be a cool way to give them away sometimes. Like while we're recording the show, somebody re- books while we're recording. It'll be free. That would be interesting. Or not. <laughs> All right. Bob. Pete, my rapid fire is the 16th annual marathon weekend has been announced January 8th through the 11th, 2009. Mm-hmm. Registration opened up January 14th, which was yesterday for the people listening to the podcast. Basto was the first one to sign up. Basto was the first one to <laughs> sign up. Basto. He's hot that metal. Adriano Basto. <laughs> on eBay. He's won that five times. I have three of these. That? I think it was his fourth. <laughs> it was his fourth straight, but he's won five, well, five he? times. Well, yeah, he has hubcaps for his he car. Really, he likes Disney. I he guess. must just run all the time. So uh, people can go to Disney World. Basto. Basto. <laughs> People can go to DisneyWorldMarathon.com and they can register. Can uh, they find pictures of Busto? Probably, yeah. I, I think I saw him there. Uh, the full marathon, the entry fee is $110. Half marathon uh, is $100 with an age limit of 14 or above. And they have this goofy goofy race and a half challenge where people actually... For you? 
well, it could be, but it's the 4,000 people, and they run both the marathon and the half marathon, which is 26.2 miles and 13.1 mile. So that's 39.3 miles. Okay, I get winded walking back to my office. <laughs> <laughs> and these people are running 40 miles in a day? For, in two days. In two days. In, in oh, a combination okay. of two days. Oh, well, days. in that case. I don't even like driving 40 miles. So, <laughs> there's, there's for, me, also, for me, a marathon is when they show three sex in the cities in a row. That's what I consider a marathon. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, I went this weekend. I went to the Wide World of Sports to, to look at the uh, family fun uh, races for the kids. And they had a Heelys. You know those shoes with the wheels in them? They actually had a, a demonstration of these guys doing doing these things. Anyway, they they were they had the the Healy kids. They had like a, a pipe, a half pipe thing set up so they could actually do jumps and and things that like that. That sounds safe. Yeah, really. Well, they they had, had, any any of the kids do this? Or just they had like professionals. They, oh, they had these eight to twelve year olds that were doing exhibition stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. And then they had a race for the. For the Heelys, and they were actually selling these shoes over in the exhibition hall for all the marathon stuff. They had a whole side for just Heelys, so they say it's the number one up and coming extreme sport. Oh my gosh! And they're not allowed in the theme park. Anything and they're not allowed in the theme park. Yeah, but sell these shoes and yeah. You know. But but they had a race for them. But the fun thing on Saturday was you go and see the six to eight year olds running. The 68-year-old? Six, six to eight-year-old. Oh, six to eight. I thought he said 68-year-old. The, the, the four to six-year-olds. and then the, flying by on the heels. <laughs> it's thank amazing you, the stuff you find interesting. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kevin. Oh, I, I was thanking him for being quiet. But, but, but all, all the... Didn't it sound like he said 68? This is the AARP race. <laughs> I swear to God, it sounded like he said 68-year-olds. Okay. They gave out juicy oxygen along the way. <laughs> After the race, they all went over to their lounge for Mojitos. No, but all the, all the kids. And oxygen. All the kids, they ran like between a half a lap or a quarter of a lap, depending on their age. But the one to three-year-olds were really cute kids. Those that the, we rolled. Well, some of them... The, Parent, each parent had a hand, and the kid was. Yeah, I was hoping out. a one-year-old on a pair of Heelys. That sounds like no, no, ER no, no. To I'm me. Sa- no, the Heelys were. It was a separate race, but okay. then they had the running race for for all the other kids, and every kid got a medal that ran the race, and that was cool. All the kids come back and they're showing their. You parents. know, sometimes I think that's cool, but sometimes I think it's like. You don't always, the ugly duckling, he's beautiful. Well, or, or just oh, sorry. You don't always you. you don't always win the trophy, right? right. And I think there's a le- that, that lesson needs to be taught. But at Disney, you do, right? Well, a, no, everybody got a medal. There's a whole. Just, that's why? exactly the, her point. Right. There's a whole that's sociological exactly the uh, idea now that says we've rewarded our kids for everything. Oh. Everybody so, in Little League gets a trophy. Well, that's not true in the rest of life, right? Yeah, it's like now that they have kindergarten graduation and first grade graduation and third grade graduation. Eventually, you have to get out of high school, and not everybody's going to reward you for just getting well, up in the morning. Why? Why is it that we want to take the se- a sense of competition away from kids? Right. Why is competition a bad thing? It's what the country's built on. Yeah. You have to have competition. I thought it was cool, and you have to learn how to handle competition. So uh, it's Disney. It's not real. I have one other one other thing I want to note. There were four thousand runners in the marathon this year. And uh, 
they represented different charities, and they're going to earn or raise $8 million. Wow. 4,000 runners. And actually, this is the last one. Oh, thank God. I went over to Animal Kingdom to watch some of the runners run by, and then over to Epcot to see them come to the finish line. And the the Diz had people from Wishes, the Wish the Wish Forum, the Wish Forum, and I saw at least ten people running with their Wish shirts on and uh, doing the marathon. So there was wow. we had a whole group of people that were out there running this weekend, and I I just want to congratulate all of them that did uh, get to finish. They did a great job. Now, folks, if you're not familiar with what uh, the Wish Forum is, uh, Wish is an acronym. Uh, we are inspired to stay healthy. As a group of people on our discussion boards that just get together and uh, discuss what they're doing to lose weight, to get healthy. They help. They provide support to each other. It's a great forum. It's a great community of people. And some of these folks have... Uh, we're, we're running in the Disney I was marathon, told there's 30 of them that ran in the marathon. It's just incredible. And just to give you an idea, these people had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to, to run this race, to start going over to Epcot because you had to be over there before 5. And the race went off at 6 o'clock. And on Saturday, the half marathon, it took them 40 minutes from the time they started the race till the last person crossed the start line to start the race that's how that's how long that's how many people were there wow and it the place was packed so i just want to congratulate it yeah congratulate everybody and bob's rapid fire was longer than the actual marathon oh my god <laughs> so that's it all right thank you bob um john i have a couple of quick ones that are related to cruise lines since we're doing uh our uh Cruise Trip Planning 101 segment this week. Palo price increase. Uh, they raised the price for eating at Palo on more of the Disney ships. It's going to be it's going from... And for those not familiar, Palo is the adults-only restaurant on both the, Disney, both the Disney ships. That is correct. There's a $15 per person brunch and dinner surcharge. Sorry. It was my computer. What was that? I thought I was getting a fanfare from my rapid fire. Ta-da! <laughs> That was from my rapid. Fire. I'll do jazz hands for you. And uh, this is the this is the charge that's above and beyond the regular charge of the cruise and the gratuities that uh, you have to pay on the ship. Um, the second is that there's a brand new stage show coming to the Disney Wonder. It's going to be Toy Story the Musical. Uh, this is actually getting a lot of attention because it's uh, some of the people who have put some stuff on Broadway are involved in it and. There's going to be six new sh- new songs involved in the show, and the costumes are amongst some of the most creative on the high seas. There's going to be a nine-foot Rex the Dinosaur, a wow. four-foot ham piggy bank, <laughs> and you can expect to see Mr. Potato Head's parts fall off. So I think that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that does sound cute. Are the six and- new songs by Randy Newman? <laughs> you got a friend in Friends. and <laughs> I'm your friend. friend. Be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Randy. Um, I wonder if you know, when you mentioned that they they're bringing some of the folks from from br- the, the Broadway part of Disney uh, to do this, I wonder if they're not going to start using venues like that as test beds for future theatrical projects. I believe that Disney does that everywhere. I believe that they did that uh, in their theme parks. 
they sort of test out these shows to see what's going to fly and what's not going to fly, and, and that's how they get their ideas for their Broadway venues. So we may see Toy Story the Musical go to Broadway. I don't mean to go on with this, but I just read that um, Tarzan the Musical is going to start touring. Oh, God. And... Well, they hmm. said it was They wasn't. had to. They had to do something to make, make some money. Well, put it on ice. <laughs> <laughs> do with everything else. That'd be a little chilly on a loincloth. <laughs> From what I understand, the sets on in uh, in Broadway, that was actually what people came out humming. They hummed the sets. However, what? they... It's a joke. Um, I'll explain it to you later. Okay. They say the sets for this touring company are spectacular. Some of the best touring company sets for a Broadway play ever. Really? So it would be nice to have another new, fresh show on the Disney Wonder. Yeah. And guess what? The Diz Podcast Cruise is going to be on the Disney Wonder, so we're all going to get a chance to see it. Yay. Yeah. Very exciting. Only those people who book. We're going to. We're going to plug that at every place we can. <laughs> we're anxious to have as big a crowd as possible. So please join us on that cruise. All right. My rapid fire is very quick. It was just something cool. Uh, Regina had forwarded to some of us yesterday. There is a magician, I guess, that either does work or was working on the Disney Magic by the name of Mike Super, S-U-P-E-R. We saw him. Yeah. And uh, he's got a website that has this, I don't, I'm sure there's a logical scientific explanation for why this works, but he has this website where you go and you know you, you, you pick a two-digit number, add them together, you do these little calculations on the number. And then whatever number you end up with, there's a list of all the possible numbers from 0 to 99 and symbols next to each one. And somehow this manages to guess your symbol. Um, so it's be like a mind-reading thing. It's really cool. Uh, it's Mike Super, M-I-K-E-S-U-P-E-R.com is the website, and I'll have a link to it on the show notes. Um, this was absolutely driving me insane yesterday trying to figure out how this how this web script that this guy has up there is able to David do Copperfield this. Did, did something similar years back where you actually go up to your TV and you you know you touch these numbers or David Copperfield like it's really like to say <laughs> David Copperfield <laughs> allegedly David, David allegedly, like allegedly. <laughs> he hasn't been proven guilty yet. No, but we saw Mike Super on the um on, the, on the cruise. show too. We it saw him on, on TV. Yeah, he was there on was the a show magician called, show. Yeah, it was called Phenomenon. Yeah, and they, they picked the best magician. We watched like one episode of that. So did we? And it was uh, the only phenom- episode. I thought there was America. Was I thought that was on America Had Talent or something. No, they had a very own oh show. I told him to levitate me in one of the bars that I, night. Yeah, <laughs> we saw him. Corey's like levitate me. <laughs> I couldn't get that. I couldn't he get that. Was he, was a, come on. he was a really nice guy, though. It's Corey's cool. pickup line. Yeah. <laughs> Levitate me. Uh, oh, You're picking oh, up yeah. magicians? <laughs> oh, you guys didn't know? He loves magic. He has a fake thumb and everything. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't know you were a magic yeah, prick. I used to. You know. it's, uh, my little fake thumb's pretty cool, though. <laughs> What's a I, fake I, thumb? I it's like, so I'm, obviously fake. Well, you know. You know <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, but also, he can trick me, though. <laughs> so it's his advantage, I guess, to do these magic tricks. I'll have to bring my fake thumb to the podcast next week. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. He can make one of Peter's cigarettes disappear. Okay, well, I can say anything. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Rapid Fire this week. And we're going to move on to Julie and her store tours, her, her latest edition of store tours for 
Germany, and I understand you have some fun words you need to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, so please bear with me. My I'll German accent is not up to par. But um, this is actually one of my favorites in a while. You know, we went through America, and that wasn't so great. And <laughs> um, I found that there are actually eight small shops in this pavilion. I know that a lot of them are connected. You know, they're not separate, and you can walk from one to the other once you go in one door. But there are actually eight different signs telling you what each place is. Uh, the first place we visited was the Glass und Porcelain, which is glass and porcelain. <laughs> I'm going to try to translate as well. <laughs> they have all of your typical uh, German flag merchandise here, you know, the Epcot gear where they have your German flag and then the Epcot logo, of course, T-shirts and hoodies, your shot glasses and mugs and thimbles, uh, antenna toppers, and then, of course, uh, Mickey Mouse, dressed in his, his German uh, traditional clothing. Later, Hosen. Yes. <laughs> uh, M.I. Hummel Porcelain is what they specialize in here, as well as Goebel and Weinacht. They have figurines and glass ornaments, uh, limited edition items that are normally rather expensive, starting at $100 and up. Um, glass angels, of course, Disney figurines. And some of these have Christmas scenes, and then some of these are like everyday scenes. The world's largest Hummel is in that shop, or at least it used to be. It was almost life-size. Yeah, that's, I didn't see anything like that there. Okay, maybe it's fine. <laughs> and then also at this place, they have a limited edition caroling Mickey, who is 15 inches tall, approximately, and he's all wooden. He was actually very cute. I would like to sit him by my tree next year. Then the next shop is the Christmas Corner, which Germany is known for their handmade glass ornaments. So this is filled with all sorts of ornaments, including the Christmas pickle and Christmas linens. Christmas pickle is a fraud. You were talking about that earlier. Nobody in Ger no, I mean it's all over the internet. Nobody in Germany has ever heard of this tradition. There's a tree with nothing but pickles on it. Well, in the, in the Germans, if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, there's a, a it, when you go into the Christmas store in Germany, they have this tree with all pickles on it. And they have this whole story about how uh, Germans will hide the pickle in the tree, and whoever <laughs> finds it gets a special gift. And, they, and people on the internet have been trying to find anybody, anybody, anywhere that's ever done this. So apparently this was just some sort of... It's a scam. Yeah, scam. <laughs> the scam Did Disney ornaments. make up this scam, no, though? Because they're the ones selling the pickles. It's the pickle lobby. It's the pickle... <laughs> yeah, it's big pickle. <laughs> the pickle cartel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I really didn't want to cover a whole lot about the Christmas store since Christmas is over. But uh, my favorite shop... One of my favorite shops was the Susigkeiten, the sweets and cookies shop. <laughs> mm, that's my favorite. That store was packed. There were lots of German cookbooks here. They have new German regional recipes, Black Forest cuisine, as well as great German recipes. Dalmar coffee, um, $15 a can. There was a huge selection of chocolate. Um, Reber, Hosh, Niederegger, Fiodora, Milka, and Toblerone, which is not German. It's Swiss. And then Haribo brand candies, which are made in More, Hungary. Another scam. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pass of course, they have like all sorts of cookies and wafers and biscottis and things like that. But the main feature is the homemade fudge and nut clusters and Rice Krispie treats, which are behind a glass case. And you have to ask permission for these. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stand in line. And there were lots of people in line to get yeah, this there fudge. there were a lot of people in there. So I would recommend Is it just a stopping by. Chunk of, hot, of fudge. I mean, there are all kinds of flavors. Yeah, caramel covered apple. And yeah, I like mean, that. it was not just like chocolate fudge. 
the shop located right next to that is the Wine Keller, where they offer German wines. Um, some of the brands are Graf, uh, Baron Heil, S.A. Prum, which they serve during the Food and Wine Festival in their booth, Kloster, and Madonna, of all things. I thought that was kind of funny. Madonna wine? <laughs> yeah, Madonna <laughs> wine. I don't know if they mean the Madonna or Madonna the singer. German wine guides and Prost, the story of German beer. I thought that would be a good gift for you, Corey. Okay. <laughs> beer steins, wine glasses, and of course, your wine stoppers. They sell rumple mints, peppermint schnapps, and apple schnapps. And they also have wine tasting available here. They're available by the glass. I sampled one of the Rieslings. It was $7. And then you sampled one as well, didn't you? I sampled a Cabernet. It was really good. $7 also. Okay, I didn't know if yours was more or less. One of the full-bodied, yeah. Um, and then they also have something called Gerstocker Gluen. It's some sort of liquor that they serve hot. They heat it on the stove. So it reminded me of like mulled wine, you know, because it has, it's supposed to be like spicy or whatever. But was it good? I didn't have any. I was afraid. <laughs> Babe, I'm not, I don't really afraid. like to venture out with liquor and stuff like that. Kind of know what I like. Okay. <laughs> the next store is the Kunstorbeet in Kristall. Crystal figurines by Preciosa, Swarovski, and Arebus, including their new jeweled figurines, which are like tiny little colored crystals all over Pluto or Mickey or whatever. They have a huge Cinderella's castle. It's $34,000, That's beautiful. It's not a place you want to bring your kids if they're crazy and wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bull in a china shop. Then, of course, they offer your traditional crystal wear. Um, this would be a place where I'd register for my wedding if you wanted to register at Disney World. <laughs> they have Ariba's Arnstadt, which is German and a very colorful um, brand. Nachtman and Anna Hute. Bowls, glasses, wine glasses, engraved pendants, which were by Ariba's. And then, of course, they have plenty of uh, vases for you to choose from. Swarov- Swarovski crystal jewelry. Tiaras. So if you're looking for that special tiara for your wedding, I would suggest looking there. Earrings and bracelets, pendants and rings. Some, um, of, us, and some even, of us wear tiaras for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> they even had a Mickey and Minnie cake topper that was made by Swarovski. So you ladies that are planning weddings, take a look in the Germany Pavilion. They have some other brands that are crystal jewelry, but I'm not sure that they're Swarovski. Um, Princessa Plata and Brillante Jewelry by Crystal World. And then they have a worker who sits and makes crystal and glass jewelry in-house i actually saw her making a piece while i was there and some of those are actually a lot better looking than um the more expensive ones like swarovski i I don't know if it's the fact that she's sitting there making them that makes me like them more (laughs) but i thought they were really beautiful were they expensive um i mean they weren't cheap (laughs) okay Let's see. And then also Jimmy Crystal sunglasses here that are decorated with Swarovski crystals. They were a little much in my opinion. The next shop was the Dare Teddy Bar. It's a toy shop. (laughs) I thought that was really funny, so I had to say it. But they have a finger puppet theater here that you can buy, which was absolutely adorable. Um, Gotts German Baby Dolls, uh, Playmobil brand toys for boys and girls, Ravensburger puzzles featuring uh, medieval imagery, knights, princesses, castles. One of the main features in this store are the Engel Puppin dolls, where you can create and watch your doll being made. If you want to get the basic dress, it's $120. If you want the deluxe dress, it's $145. Now, they're really pricey, but they're 
beautiful dolls. I mean, something that if, if your daughter takes care of her dolls, like, you know, she actually is a little mommy. It's something worth investing in. They're it's really like a, beautiful. A shelf of naked doll heads just sitting. <laughs> yeah, you get to pick pick every piece and that's then put it together. Like an, oh, that's that's creepy. <laughs> that's actually more like an heirloom doll. It is yeah. definitely, but I'd play with it. <laughs> you know, if I were a little girl, they have stiff stuffed animals, and then like your small plastic animal toys that every little boy has. Um, Schlicht. Sh- medieval toys they have toy castles and knights and queens unicorns and even a phoenix rising out of the flames i've never seen one of those they also sell toy shield swords and crowns in this store just like they do in the uk the next shop was volkskunst clocks and crafts this is where you'll find a larger selection of books they have Grimm's fairy tales of course they also have a book that tells you the story of the brothers Grimm and how they came to write their stories the National Geographic Traveler for Germany, Berlin Then and Now, which is uh, one of the books that I talk about a lot. They have one in the UK for London and Paris as well. And then they have maps of Germany and Berlin. And then a 400-year history of the Stein. I had no idea I'd been around for that long. It's a beautiful Stein. They do. Yeah. A very large selection of your traditional beer Steins. And they even have some limited edition ones for Epcot. Felt hats and cowbells. That's where you can get the felt hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Felt hats and cowbells. They have hauler linens, which are of Austria. And they have original Black Forest cuckoo clocks here. The smallest one is $285. And wow. the largest one on the wall that I saw was like 1800 or 18000 I can't remember for certain. Wow. You Even can 1800 find, my God. You can find your hand-painted eggs here. They have hand-painted ostrich eggs, normal chicken eggs, duck eggs. And they start at $95 and go up from there. And the lady who paints these has been doing this for many, 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 many years. For Disney. I mean, uh, I would say since like, like 82. The, I want to say early 80s yeah. is what the sign says. So you could get an egg, like say for your anniversary, you could have them put the names on it. Yes. And and the date of mm-hmm. like the wedding or the the anniversary. Most definitely. That's a cool. That's a cool thing to do for somebody. And just hopefully you don't have any children in your house that want to touch the egg. <laughs> Break your hundred dollar painted egg. Isn't it wooden? Those ostrich eggs, they don't oh. play wooden eggs anymore. See, yeah. I should have paid attention I was just a little more. They're eggs. Sorry, I didn't hear you say wooden eggs. She didn't. I know. And then um, at the end of the store, they have a very large selection of soccer gear for Germany. It's all by Adidas. Of course, hats, jerseys, books, balls, etc. And then outside, there's a, another glass Kunst, which is an Ariba stand, which they have a large selection of Ariba's crystal, just like they do in the first store. And they have an engraving station here as well. But that's all. Cool. It was fun. So you liked Germany better I than... I did. I liked Germany. Um, I actually want to go back and get some of the Swarovski jewelry. <laughs> that's some nice stuff. They do. They really do. I mean, if... You can't afford, or if you don't want to buy, like a you know a diamond tennis bracelet, mm-hmm. they have these gorgeous bracelets with the Swarovski crystals all the way around. It, I mean, it looks like diamonds. You're paying at least a hundred bucks for it. It's gorgeous. Wow. You know. You know the whole setting in the Germany area is really nice. Yeah, they too. did a very yeah. nice job. They did a very nice job theming it. I, I don't like the restaurant at all. I've never. Liked no, it it. smells uh, so bad. If you can't, if you can't take the smell of sauerkraut, then yeah, you might, I want to go There's back a couple there. places when you're walking around that little courtyard in Germany where you really can't see the rest of Epcot, and it, the theming is really well done. It can really take you away. Mm-hmm. And then if you're there at the top of the hour, the the clock does its thing, and all the little people come out and dance around a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. The people on the clock. On the clock. Carrying the wooden eggs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't pay attention to the egg thing. It's okay. At least you have the advantage of being able to read along with me. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to... Our Trip Planning 101 segment this week, we are going to discuss Disney Cruise Line and the best strategies for planning a Disney Cruise Line vacation. I know John has about, like I said, a, a forest has died uh, for this segment because John's got a ton of paper in front of him. So We've opened our own mill. Unfortunately, Disney Cruise Line can be a complicated process. Um, it doesn't have to be, but it can be. There's so many different. Uh, aspects of it. I wanted to bring all the paperwork with me just in case there was something, a number that I couldn't remember. Um, when you're planning a Disney Cruise Line vacation, like everything else, one of the first things you want to look at is when to go. Again, I don't want to go through that whole thing that Pete went through, but basically there's really no slow times anymore. People are willing to take their kids out of school. However, when the kids are off of school, that's when they're the most, uh, you're going to find the, the ships to be the most crowded. Summertime, uh, holidays, intermediate vacations, that type of thing. Also, Disney Cruise Line works off of what they call tier pricing. So the further out you book from a sale date, the less crowded the sale date, the cheaper your pricing is going to be. The times of year that are the least expensive are generally when people don't want to go, which is hurricane season. We've talked about this before. Hurricane season um while many people are afraid to travel during that time, it's really not dangerous. Disney does a great job of avoiding the hurricanes. Let's tell people that hurricane season in Florida is June through November. However, the end of August, September, and the beginning of October are the, the busiest times. Historically, yes. Right. So if you're willing to travel during those times and the further out you're willing to book is going to be the, your best bet for getting the best price on a cruise. Uh, as far as what kind of accommodations you want to pick, Disney has 12 different categories of stateroom, categories 12 through 1, and the lower the category number, the more expensive the stateroom. has to do with size, has to do with amenities of the stateroom. In some cases, it's a location. Categories 6 and 5 are the same stateroom, except 5s are on a higher deck. So you're going to take into account when you're going to travel, how far out you can book, and what accommodations are going to suit your family and your budget when you're looking for the best price possible. The next thing you want to look at when you're booking a Disney Cruise Line vacation is what are you going to add to it? Do I need transfers? Do I need trip insurance? Do I need airfare? These are all things that you can add through Disney Cruise Line as add-ons and uh depending on the length of the cruise and what exactly you need, these prices will be different. It's important to keep in mind that you don't have to book all these things through Disney. You can book your own trip insurance, you can book your own airfare, and you can book your own transfers. But what do you recommend in terms of like airfare, going through Disney or trying to find something on your own? Um, the, there, there's pros and cons to both. My final suggestion to everybody is to book your own. And the reason why we say that is when you take your airfare through Disney – you don't know what your flights are going to be or even your seats are going to be until very close to travel. It could be at the point at which you get your paperwork that you find out what flight you're going to be on. And we've had stories of people saying Disney booked three of us in the front of the plane and one person in the back of the plane. And, or even to the, to the extent of there's two adults and one child traveling, one person's sitting by themselves. We'd all like to sit together. 
So I don't care for Disney airfare that way. They're not as detailed as you would be booking your own airfare. And you don't control the time that the flight goes off either. That's correct. That's that's important to what me. What Disney does is they buy their airfare in bulk up front. So what they say is, okay, we've, we're now booking 2009. They've gone to all the air, airlines and said, let's get X number of seats on this flight because this will match up with our, our uh, cruises. So you won't know until all the details are worked out. So that's why we don't like Disney Air. convenient part about Disney Air is that it is added to your package total so you don't have to pay it separate you don't have to worry about getting that done separate the other convenient part about disney air is there's a certain amount of um responsibility that disney will take for your flight if your flight is delayed you have more of an option of getting to the ship and and not having that be an issue if you if you book it on your own they're sort of you're on your own you've done this yourself also something to consider when booking air or looking at the price of air. If you're flying into Orlando International Airport, the price of Disney Air includes transfers to and from the port. If you book airfare on your own, you have to make sure that you take into account that you are then going to have to book transfers, which are an additional cost. You can book your transfers with Disney Cruise Line, and you're going to get on the big Disney Cruise Line bus, and they're going to take you to the terminal. There are other options for booking your transfers outside of uh, Disney Cruise Line as well. Um, and prices are going to depend on um, how many people are in your party and all that good stuff. The other thing that you can add to a Disney Cruise Line vacation package is insurance. And again, this is something that you can either book through Disney or you can book on your own. If- well, and let me just uh, interject here um, about insurance. What's your impression, what's your opinion of trip insurance? Is it worth it or is it, you know... Because you hear people say, oh, it's just a, a way for them to get money out of you and you're never going to need it, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't I, cover all illnesses, does it? It, it does not in, uh, cover pre-existing conditions, which is very important. But then again, think of it like any other insurance. If you were going to go for an insurance policy, you won't cover pre-existing conditions, or at least there would be a waiver period. Um, I was never a fan of of purchasing travel insurance. I used to think that same way. Mainly because the way we used to travel was it was always out of Port Canaveral, which was close by, so we didn't have to worry about delayed flights or lost luggage or anything like that. And it just seemed like it was not something that we would take advantage of. But the more we see uh, the different scenarios, I think it makes sense. Uh, Again, the insurance is going to cover lost luggage and the contents of that. It's going to cover delays in travel. So if there's something that goes on and you're, you can't get to the cruise or they have to get you to the cruise a different way, it covers that as well. Plus it covers things that might happen while you're on board that can be unexpected, like illness. We talked about um, the whole idea of what happens when you get sick at Disney or get sick on the cruise line and things to pack. This can be very expensive. So if you're going you know, have a problem where a kid gets sick and you've got to go to the doctor on board the ship, you know, your travel insurance is really going to help uh, offset that price. Something to keep in mind, though, is this insurance is not like an HMO. You're not going to go to the Disney doctor and then have to pay a $10 copay. Disney's going to bill you for that service, and you're going to have to go to the insurance Submit company. Submit it to the insurance company. Right, and get a claim. That's what a lot of people think. They think, well, I have insurance. You know, why did I have to pay this? You're going to have to pay anything up front and then go back and get reimbursed for it as well. The other thing is this covers catastrophic things also, like, for instance, medical evacuation, 
that kind of thing. Yeah, I wanted to discuss some of the details of insurance because I know it's a question that comes up a lot, whether or not it's it's, it's worth it. I know I I normally pass on it, but I'm start, I've been starting to think lately it might be a, a good idea to... I have a client who I won't mention her name, but I'm sure she's going to know who I'm talking about as soon as I start talking about her. And she has a pre-existing condition. And part of booking her vacation through us was that uh, Disney's insurance covered her pre-existing condition. It's really hard for us to talk about specifics with people because we don't want to misquote things. Right. She did a great deal of her own research and found that there was other insurance companies who would cover what she needed covered. Disney insurance didn't. So it's the kind of thing that I can't give you a blanket statement about what's covered strictly because there are so many discrepancies and so many, you know, things that are that are not covered and some that are that you're really going to have to talk about. That plus it's a personal thing. You don't you don't want to talk about your personal health issues with your travel agent. So. Right. And it's also it's not Disney providing the coverage. Disney right. is contracting out with third parties. Um, the emergency medical transportation and assistance services are, are provided by a company called Access America. And insurance uh, coverage is underwritten by BCS Insurance Company. So again, you're not. It's not as if the Disney company is writing you an insurance policy. Right. So we often refer people to these specific companies' websites or their phone numbers and say, "Listen, for your questions, go there and ask and find out exactly what it is." Rather than us being the third party and perhaps giving you uh, misinformation. There's also a website called InsureMyTrip.com where you can compare the different insurances that are offered i was going to mention that next um what you have is they're an independent uh site that deals with a bunch of different companies that offer travel insurance and you can see what each covers and how much it costs um i think on general in general we find that people save money it's cheaper than going through disney it's just not as convenient because now you're dealing with a third party um the next thing to decide with your, your Disney cruise is, are you going to add a land stay to your cruise? Disney offers packages, three-night land stays combined with a four-night cruise, and vice versa, four-night land stay with a three-night cruise, or are you going to just do a cruise vacation? So these are all things you got to consider when you're looking at what's the cost of my vacation, when to go, and all the specifics. Now, let's say I, uh, I want to plan a, a, a land add-on to my uh my cruise do i uh do discounts that would apply um if i was just booking the, the room itself would, would i still be able to get those discounts or is it am i, am I asking the question right you are asking the question okay. right. when you book a a land stay in conjunction with a disney cruise line vacation and you book it through disney cruise line this is again where things tend to get a little fuzzy you're actually booking a package. So you're booking the room and you're booking the tickets, but you're booking it added on to a Disney Cruise Line vacation, and Disney Cruise Line acts sort of as the travel agency. You can book a land state completely separate through Disney directly. And what you have then is you've got a room reservation that you can, then can apply discounts to outside of a package. You can never apply the discounts within a package, whether so you book it. So it really depends on the convenience because when you do the land sea, if you're, uh, they always do the land sea. You, your land portion is first, and then your, uh, then your cruise. And when you check in at the hotel, you give all the information at that point. Am I correct? Correct. That you will need to get on the cruise, and that's the last time your key to the world card that you get when you check into your hotel 
also becomes your key to the world card on board the ship. You still have to do a check-in process when you actually arrive at the ship, but yeah, it's that it's a very simple. But if you want to save any money at all in the room, you right. have to book that separately on your own. There's something to discuss with airfare when you get into talking about things like this. Disney Cruise Line is very good for booking their airfare for their cruise. If you want to book a land sea package or a three, four, or seven night cruise, Disney Air Disney Cruise Line is good about booking the air for that specific travel date. If you start adding land portions before your stay that are not part of a package set up by Disney Cruise Line, their airfare department starts to not become as convenient. Then and you have to start booking. Then you have to start looking at your own airfare. It becomes very expensive. You have to go through deviation fees right. and things like that. And while we're talking about booking through Disney Cruise Line, we also mean uh, booking through your, your travel agent as well. I apologize. I guess I didn't say that. I want to make sure we make that clear. that right. this, you, 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 know, you, can, you can book these land-sea packages the same way through a travel agent as you can through right. Disney Direct. I guess when, right. I'm, when I talk about booking through Disney Cruise Line, I talk about booking, like for instance, through Dreams Unlimited right. Travel. It's just that once even we would then have trouble dealing with Disney Cruise Line's airfare department. If you look to start changing what Disney Cruise Line does best, the land-sea packages or three, four, or seven-night cruises. If you're looking to just make up your own package, you really should look into booking your own air. So, John, like for a seven-day package or seven-day cruise, adding on a room at the end of the cruise or at the beginning, you're better off just booking that separately, right? My opinion is yes, book that separate. Disney Cruise Line will do an add-on, and it also depends on why you're adding that one day. Some people want to add it for flight reasons. I can't get the flight out that I want or the flight back that I want. Then you might be looking at staying at the airport hotel versus yeah. staying at a Disney hotel. If you're looking strictly for to extend your vacation after the cruise, then I say book that separate than through yeah. Disney Cruise Line. Again, you get involved in... Certain specifics that Disney Cruise Line has to book with your land stay, which means tickets for the length of your stay and things like that, which become you can do much cheaper on your own because you can then just have it for the days you need. I don't need a, a, a ticket for all four days because we're leaving on the fourth day. So that's where that, that comes in handy. Uh, when you're booking your cruise, you got to remember that you're going to be required to pay a deposit. On three- and four-night sailings, you're going to be paying $200 per person. On seven-night sailings, you're going to be paying $250 per person. This is a refundable deposit for categories 12 through 4. Categories 1, 2, and 3 are suites, and they are now non-refundable. So the second you give them your money, that's it. No matter if you buy trip insurance or why you have to cancel or how far out you've booked, this is a non-refundable deposit. So it's very important to keep in mind that you're going to lose that money. Now, if you book through a travel agent or through Disney itself and you cancel your reservation for a suite prior to your balance due date, you can take the deposit, the non-refundable deposit, and move it to a different cruise date. You can move that travel or that deposit. It is at no time refundable, though. That is correct. Uh, let's talk about... Um, cancellation policy and when you would get your money back again categories one through three you have until 90 days prior to sailing for when your uh full payment is due your payment is due in full and again you'll never get your deposit back so that's a loss of deposit categories four through 12 uh, you're looking at 75 days prior to sailing is when your full balance is due 
and that's the time at which you can get your deposit back, 75 days or more. Within those um, days closer to arrival, the the refund policies become more restrictive. I don't want to go through all of them here because they're a little complicated, but we have all this on the site. And basically it says within X days to X days, you're going to get back a certain percentage of your money. As you get closer, you lose more and more of your money that that are go towards um, the cancellation. The closer you get to cruise date, the higher the penalty. Right. right. Uh, these are, again, Disney will keep your money. There are times when you can make a change and move to a different sailing and pay a change fee. So you sort of hedge your bet and say, I'm not going to lose all my money. I only have to pay a change fee. It's usually a per person charge to make sure that you move your money to a different sale date. You know, my suggestion is most people figure out when they're going to sail, what they want to do, and they're comfortable with giving their deposit and their full balance at that time. What's included in your vacation fare, the amount of money that you're paying Disney, is basically um, you're going to be quoted a price that includes the actual fare for your your person and your, and your party, as well as your taxes, government fees, and port charges. So anything in addition to that, transfers, trip insurance, air, things like that are, are more money in addition to your cruise fare. You also are going to have to pay for gratuities once you get on board, and these are based on the length of stay and depending on who you're tipping when you get on board the yeah, ship. They give you, yeah, they give, when you get onto the ship, they give you a suggested amount that you should tip. You take care of that the last night of your cruise. Uh, when you're on the ship, there's no cash being used. Everything is put on your Key to the World card so that you don't have to carry cash with you. The exception to that is we always suggest keeping some, some loose dollars around in case you order room service. You can't tip room service uh, on your Key to the World card unless you order something for your room. So we always say something on your room that's chargeable like liquor or soda. So that you want to do is make sure you have a couple bucks with you before you do that. Um, talk a little bit about cruise documents. That's one of the things that people seem to get stuck on. There's a, a couple of questions that we get all the time. Actually, I have three that see people seem to get stuck on. It's picking a category of stateroom for your party. Uh, categories... The each category will hold a different amount of people. The larger your party, the more restricted in what the categories will be. Sometimes it's less expensive to move to two category two staterooms that will hold less people that we can try and get for you, like for instance, connecting staterooms than it is to book a stateroom that will hold your entire large party in one room. The other thing that's good about that is if you break the the, the your party up into two rooms, you get two restrooms which sometimes makes it easier for getting ready. Like, for instance, if you a, a Category 4 will hold five people. However, in a Category 4, you get one restroom. It's a split restroom, but you still get one shower. If you book, for instance, two Category 7s, you'll get two showers, and we can try and put them side by but side. But it's also a lot more money to book the two Category 7s, isn't Not it? Not usually. Usually it comes very close, and really? sometimes it's less expensive to book two lower categories, two less expensive categories, hmm. than one stateroom well, that's good that will accommodate your entire party. And then have and your you, connecting door in between them. If we can, that, that's, a, that's a possibility. We can get connecting doors. Sometimes we can get side-by-side rooms. That's something you would have to work with with your travel agent, but your travel agent will certainly help you decide is it less expensive to move to two staterooms as opposed to one large stateroom. You have to keep in mind that the larger staterooms are limited. 
as you get to category four, three, two, and one, it, the categories become the number of staterooms become smaller. The other thing is cruise documents. Cruise documents are printed ten to fourteen days prior to arrival. This is pretty much a standard. They are printed by one machine here in Kissimmee. It does the one machine. The machine's name is Ursula. Mm-hmm. We've That's actually right. seen it. It's all that's done. All the cruise documents are done by one machine in Kissimmee. It does everything you can possibly imagine. It prints them. It chops them. It collates them. It wraps them. It binds them. It does everything. And they print them in cruise order. There's no way I can rush a cruise document order. There's no way I can stop a cruise document order. It's done by this one machine, and this one machine does it right in order by departure date. Hmm. Cruise documents are sent three day air, or I'm sorry, three day ground, excuse me, via UPS. And again, it's usually 10 to 14 days prior to arrival. A lot of people tell me that they're leaving before that time frame because they're going to be traveling beforehand. Disney Cruise Line has set up a great thing. You can go online and uh, do all of your cruise documents electronically. The only thing that you can't do on their website, and that's at www.disneycruise.com. You go and log in, sign in, and you can do all of your cruise documents on there except your Bahamas declaration. And even if you're not going on a three or four night, you still have to fill out the Bahamas declaration because Castaway Key is in the Bahamas. That's something that has to be turned in as an original. So if something happens that you don't get your cruise documents beforehand, you can do everything electronically except that, and that's a very short form that can be filled out at Port Canaveral. The other thing that freaks people out, is luggage tags. What if I don't get my luggage tags? You're not going to lo- use your luggage tags until you get to Orlando. You're not going to put them on at home. The airline's not going to recognize them. You're going to put them on once you get your luggage, and all those luggage tags are are for the porters at the ship to get your luggage to your stateroom. So if something happens that you don't get your luggage tags via the uh, your cruise documents, you can get luggage tags, luggage tags upon arrival. Sounds like the doing it, uh, the the documents online is really easy and convenient. It's it, easy it and convenient, convenient, and it, it speeds up your time in line. And I apologize; I forgot there was one more thing that people ask me all the time, and I told you what I was going to talk about, and I've forgotten it. I now. can't remember. I do want to mention about uh, uh, doing your documents online. You're not eliminating the check-in process. You still have to go there and check in. It's just going to speed it because they're going to have everything available for you in the computer. If you book through a travel agent, this is all stuff you still are going to be able to do. A lot of people say, well, what do I do now? Does someone else do that for me? No, you still can do the check-in process online. The third question I get, I just remembered, is about your Castaway Club card. I don't know why Disney is not good about sending everybody a Castaway Club card who travels. The Castaway Club is once you've traveled with Disney Cruise Line, you're automatically a member of Castaway Club, and you get a number assigned to you. I've been on several cruises. Julie's just showing her Castaway Club card around. Wow. (laughs) I've been on several cruises and never received one. The good news is that Disney keeps track of this in your computer. You do not have to have a club or the number in hand to rebook and get the benefits of being a Castaway Club member. As soon as your travel agent starts booking your cruise, Disney knows you've cruised well, before. Well, let's talk about what the benefits of being a Castaway Club member are. Uh, there's an in-room state gift. Uh, let's go. You know, one, the first benefit is that you don't have to, um, you know, go through the whole process again of giving them all the minutia of dates of birth and things like that. That's stored in their records so that Disney can then get your stuff out quicker to you. The next thing is is there is a check-in, separate check-in line for Castaway Club members at the port 
again, if you've done your your paperwork online, it's not a big savings. You might it just might be fun. Ooh, I get to go to a different line than everybody else. And a lot else. of people cruise Disney Cruise Line again and again and again. So a lot of times the, the Castaway Club line is no uh, shorter than the regular line. Right. Once you get on board, there's going to be, uh, as Kevin started to mention, there's going to be an in-room amenity. I'm reluctant to tell you what it's going to be because they change it. We just did a uh, either a rapid fire or a news story. It was my rapid fire. And they changed what the Castaway Club gift was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather than saying that now and someone saying I didn't get that, just be forewarned that you'll get something, and it'll be pretty cool. And there's also a special reception on board. You get invited to the captain's dinner, captain's not the captain's dinner, a captain's reception. reception. And there's, you know, the ability to sort of meet other people who are Castaway Club members. So one other perk is that you're allowed to book your shore excursions, Palo reservations, spa appointments prior to people who have not cruised before. People who have never cruised with Disney Cruise Line are allowed to go on the website 75 days prior to arrival, or prior to departure, excuse me, and book things like shore excursions, Palo reservations again, and uh, spa spa reservations. And children's activities. And children's activities. Castaway Club members are allowed to do it 90 days prior to departure. And people who are staying in categories 1, 2, or 3 in the suites are allowed to do it 105 days prior to departure. That's because they're paying for it. One of the other questions we get a lot is, what documentation am I going to need to board the ship? Um, as we all know, the the rules about passports have been changing, have been fluid. Currently, you need a um, picture ID and you need uh, an original birth certificate to get on the ship. Once the laws go into effect about traveling to uh, the Bahamas, you're going to need a and Mexico. You're going to need an actual passport. Our suggestion is get your passport anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a quick process. It's an easy process. Waiting is kind of tough. The idea of having to give up your birth certificate for that long a time is kind of tough. But once you get it, it's going to make every aspect of travel, cruise or not, a thousand times easier. It's There's time to stop procrastinating about it. Yeah. There's something to be said right now. While you can depart the country at this point in time with a picture ID and your birth certificate, you're also allowed to come back into the country via the cruise line. If something happens that you go to a foreign port and for whatever reason would have to fly home, it would be much more difficult without your passport. Reentry the, uh, into the, the United States without a passport is a much more difficult process. I so, feel like it should be like your driver's license. When it expires, you renew it. It's something you should always have. I agree. I think that it makes everything so much easier. Also keep a color copy of it, too, at your house. Well, not only that, but we suggest that you keep a color copy of it in your when tr- your in your suitcase. Keep it separate from your passport. So if something happens, something else that probably will never come up on a Disney. Cruise. But you do understand that copies of passports are not acceptable. Or copies of birth certificates are not acceptable anywhere. Not copies of your birth certificate. We're talking about a color copy of your passport. Oh, of your passport. I'm sorry. And that's specifically, while it's not going to get you back into the country, if you lose it, it makes getting it back much easier. easier. Much easier. Okay. I wouldn't put it in my suitcase. I'd put it in my like my, yeah, you'd you carry know, on, my carry on. on. But if your passport's something. on you, you right? Might. Don't keep it in the same place as your passport. Is what I, oh, okay. I mean. Don't keep it tucked in your passport. Is what right. I was trying to okay. say. Um, the other thing is, and I don't think it will ever happen on a Disney cruise, but. We've been told this several times. There's absolutely no reason for anyone to take your passport out of your possession. No one needs to make a copy of it in the back room. 
No one ever, if you're someplace in a foreign port, no one ever needs to take your passport other than to see it and to verify that you are who you are. No Unless one, a government official is asking you to surrender your passport to them for some reason. I, 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 uh, that's a different scenario. Right. I'm talking about someone at a hotel check-in. No, absolutely not. Never right. part with it. Never part with it. This is basically what you need to know for the whole pre-planning, how do I get to the cruise, how do I book my cruise information. Once you get on the cruise, there's a whole myriad of other stuff we'll cover later on as far as shore excursions and activities and meals and shows and all that good stuff. Again, what I think a lot of people do is a lot of people worry about the details of a Disney Cruise Line vacation. Cruising is the easiest and has now become the most popular way to travel and vacation. So they've really made it super easy for you. You're going to have a great time and you're going to enjoy yourself. Um, One of the things that a lot of people want to know is how do I get a deal? How do I get the best price for my cruise? How do I get something special for my cruise that other people aren't getting? Mentioned this uh, in the beginning of this segment. Disney Cruise Line pricing is based on tier pricing. The more popular the cruise the closer you are and the more full the ship is, the higher your price is going to be. So the furthest out from that date that you can book, the better. Which is the reason that we're doing our podcast cruise in May of 2009. As the Disney ship fills, the same stateroom will get more expensive. Correct. And that will only just keep going up and going up. And also, because we're only dealing with two ships, availability becomes limited, so you may not get what you want. So we always suggest, first and foremost... The best price you're going to get is the book the furthest out from your sailing. That's a pretty standard thing also across the cruise line industry. I keep saying Disney Cruise. That's pretty true of all cruise lines that they book on tier pricing. Some of the bigger ones like Royal Caribbean, not to get off track here, but they'll run specials. If a ship isn't full, they'll run a special. Disney almost never has that issue, except that they pull some sort of special cruise that people don't want to be on, and then they they try to fill that ship up. One way to get something uh, to – get your price reduced in a way. Disney has Disney Cruise Line has changed their policies and they no longer allow travel agents to reduce the price of a cruise. All travel agents must charge Disney's current price for a cruise line vacation. That's their policy. So many travel agencies, Dreams Unlimited Travel included, will offer an incentive for booking with them that is related to some other perk that you will get on board. And Dreams Unlimited Travel right now is running a shipboard credit. So you want to look for uh, a sale date that's the furthest out and also look for the travel agent that's offering the best shipboard credit. And that what a shipboard credit is basically what it is what it sounds like is when you arrive on your stateroom account, you'll have a credit of a certain amount of money that you can use on the ship for anything you want. Basically, it's like starting your bill with a negative balance, and all that will be done automatically, and when you arrive, you won't have to ask for it or have it set up. It will already be on your account. People always ask, is everything included in my cruise? Yes, everything's included, your food, your drinks. Alcohol is not included. Things like there are photographers all over the ship who take your pictures with the characters. Those are not included. If you want to buy souvenirs on the ship, that's not included. These are things that cost extra. And um, al- did I say alcoholic drinks? Yes. You did. Okay. Uh, so your shipboard credit can be used for these things. So it's like getting X number of dollars worth of goodies for free. Right. Another way to get a shipboard credit is to book with pay for the entire vacation with your Disney Visa. Disney Visa has extended their promotion for sailings through December 30th of 2009. 
absolutely you have to pay for the entire cruise with your Disney Visa, and they're giving a $50 shipboard credit. Disney will also offer what they call a bounce-back promotion or a bounce-back offer. Once you're on board the cruise, if you rebook your cruise during that sailing, there'll be some sort of discount, usually, and also a shipboard credit. doesn't always apply. The percentages aren't always the same. Um, it's also four staterooms, categories 4 through 11, that you'll get the discount and it's usually 10%. However, everybody gets a shipboard credit. So one of the best ways to get the best price is on your current cruise, book a future cruise as far out as possible, and then have your travel agent pick that cruise up for you, and then you can combine the shipboard credit that's offered from Disney with the shipboard credit that's offered from a travel agent. One of the sticking points with Disney is they will not allow you to stack discounts or stack shipboard credits so if you get a shipboard credit for rebooking on board you cannot add the shipboard credit for booking with for paying in full with a disney visa disney will not allow disney discounts to be stacked right but you can get a disney discount and a dreams unlimited shipboard credit that's okay those come from two different places and just because we keep mentioning dreams unlimited travel for anyone who doesn't know in the interest of full disclosure john and i are part owners in dreams unlimited travel but Something else to be said. Like, I just want to reiterate what John said. This is a sticking point for some people. If you rebook on board, Disney's going to give you an onboard credit. The largest onboard credit Disney gives is for rebooking on board. You cannot stack that discount on top of the Disney Visa offer. Or for any other Disney offer, you cannot combine the two of them. I just want to say that one more time because it becomes a real sticking point with people. Now, let's add another layer to this. There's There are opportunities for getting a d- reduced rate cruise. Um, for the most part, these are limited. Florida residents are often offered reduced rates on cruises. There are specific sale dates. It's usually very close to travel that they're offered, and therefore a limited number of staterooms on that sailing and specific categories of staterooms. So you can get a reduced rate if you're a Florida resident. There are some annual pass holder rates that come out. These are very few and far between. We haven't seen any of those in a very long time. There's also military discounts for military personnel. These discounts are the same as the stacking of the shipboard credits. Disney does not allow you to combine a Florida resident, an annual pass holder, a military discount with a shipboard credit that they give. So you have to make the decision, what's your best bet, right. one or the other? Something also to be said for military discounts, people um, assume because Disney offers military discounts, it's on every cruise. Right. Military discounts are just like annual pass holder discounts or Florida resident discounts. They're something that's they're announced, and it's for specific sale dates at specific times of the year. No, normally, you're not going to find a, a military discount on like a, a holiday week. You're not going to find pretty much any of, any those, of those discounts, discounts. on real popular right. sale dates. Right. The most popular sale dates are usually very, very limited in what discounts they're going to give you. And uh, another way to get a discount is to look for a travel agency that's held group space on a sailing. Disney Cruise Line allows travel agents to hold a certain number of staterooms in advance of the sailing and lock in the current price of that cruise. We talked about the tier pricing the further you further out you are from a sale date, the better the price. The travel agent will lock in that 
tier zero or lowest price possible so that when the ship does become full, they're able to offer that really great price. Uh, in addition to the holding that price, there is a certain reduction in the price of the stateroom itself based on whatever Disney Cruise Line decides that group should be discounted. And again, that discount for booking a group space cannot be combined with other Disney discounts. So it cannot be combined with a Disney Visa offer or uh, a rebooking offer and things like that. It seems like we're spending a lot of time telling people that, but it's one of those things that becomes a sticking point when people start to book their cruises that this is a Disney rule and not something that we've made right. up. Uh, the the group space, in addition to the group space having a discount involved with it and locking in the lowest tier price, you're also going to have some sort of amenity associated with that. And that will be up to the travel agent to decide what it is. Most likely it's an in-room gift. So finding a, a, a travel agent who has group space on the sailing that you want is really a nice plus, especially if they're offering other incentives for that for that sale date as well. So that's an overview of the booking process for Disney Cruise Line Vacation. It can be quite complicated, and there's a lot of... Uh, well, there's also a lot more for us to talk about. There's a lot more for us to talk about, but we wanted to make sure people had an overview of these are the things that people want to know. How to get the best price, when should I travel, what should I book. So we hope we've given you that, and we'll give you more later on. All right, great. That will also uh, do it for our show this week. And uh, just reminding everybody, we have our photo contest Going on right now, we have uh, all sorts of giveaways going on. I've lost complete track of how much we're we're and, giving away. And even if you don't have photos to uh, to upload, go in there and comment and vote for the ones you do like. That's right. If you're not going to upload photos, because uh, it's the top vote getters in each category, the top five vote getters in each category that become the finalists uh, when we finally pick our winners. So go in and vote for the ones you like. Uh, and tell your friends to go vote for the ones you like uh, that they like. And, uh, Are we allowed to vote? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, sure. I wasn't sure. Sure, we can vote. Yeah. One other thing. The categories are locked in at this point, correct? Correct, yes. So you can stop sending us suggestions for other categories? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got a suggestion for character. I think that would be under theme park, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and another thing. When you are uploading your photos, make sure you're uploading them to one of the galleries. Resort, theme park, and not just in the Diz con- um, photo contest directory. Okay. I had to move a bunch. <laughs> All right. So that will uh, that will do it for our show this week, folks. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. You have a great week. <laughs>